there were moments when I was younger, I was denied to be myself. And there was like this barrier that I had to kind of push through. And I, I always, I always felt comfortable in my skin and comfortable in different spaces, but it, it, I like what you're explaining. You sort of have to change yourself in different situations. Welcome to the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice. For nearly two decades, I've been on a mission to help professionals position themselves in the minds of those who matter. Those you are seeking investment and funding from, employers who could offer you a job, even potential lovers. Yes, this brain influence work can even help you get a partner. And one of the things I've discovered is nearly everyone I've consulted, from CEOs to entrepreneurs to middle managers to those who work in the creative field, nearly everyone underestimates their ability to intentionally create their identity and the subsequent power it has on others. You see, the way you style your hair, the way you dress, the way you present yourself to the world has an extraordinary impact on how you're trusted, how you're valued, appreciated, respected, and so much more. Far too many people are undermined, overlooked, taken for granted, and simply not seen because they don't understand this work. This episode seeks to achieve two goals. Firstly, to show that you are walking art. And secondly, to show you two ways you can see yourself as art and be more successful and influential and help you accomplish your goals and dreams. In a moment, I'm going to share a conversation I had with Lianca Himro, a fine artist who I believe embodies so much of what it means to live artistically, not only with her work, but with how she shows up in the world. Lianca is also a writer and podcaster, and her artistic work has an interdisciplinary approach. Well, she'll explain what that means. Before I share our conversation and the two strategies at the end of this show, I reached out to listeners and friends and asked them, do they see themselves as art or not? Here is what they had to say. Hi, Timothy. I think the way that I style myself and present myself is art because it's the first visual that any person that I'm interacting with is going to have of me, just like picking up a paintbrush and painting onto a canvas. Um, that is kind of what we do with our bodies every day. Um, depending on what we wear and how open we are to a conversation or an interaction is an expression of ourselves and therefore it is art. The way I style and present myself is a form of art. And it's an intriguing question that made me think about why. And mainly I would say because I do feel that the way one dresses is an expression. And even if you have to conform, let's say you've got to dress formally, still I personally feel like I still need to express myself. So if I had to have the suit and tie, I'd probably go with a yellow tie or something just, I can't just conform and dress formally I need to express myself in some form and I think purely on the basis of it being an expression I would say it's definitely 
a form of art. I think the way I style and present myself is art because the way I dress, it mirrors who I am. I like ethnic prints and fabrics and so it's art when I wear Indian because that's my identity and African prints and fabrics I love them and because I live in South Africa so it is an art actually to also be able to blend these two kind of different ethnic fabrics and often I think there's a bit of eccentricity in it but that's who I am. Hi Timothy. Um, the way I present myself is absolutely art. Um, and I say that mainly because of my experiences. Um, and I think it's true for all of us. I think our experiences have shaped us to become who we are. And more importantly, they continue to shape us as we go through life. So what tends to happen is as our experiences shape us, we are compelled to become creative um, in our movements, in our speech, in how we present in ourselves, in our fashion sense. We are compelled to become creative and we are compelled to continue to become creative in reinventing ourselves and, um, and how we respond to different contexts as we go through life. Hi, Timothy. As much as I want to play devil's advocate and um, go with the unpopular opinion, if I had to be completely, completely honest, I would say, yes, I do think the way I dress or present myself or engage with people is a form of art because to me, um, art is a representation of my, real of my reality or it's the way I express myself or the way I express my emotions. For example, if I'm having a bad day, one could easily tell I'm having a bad day in the way that I'll dress or in the way that I would engage with people or speak to people. Um, yeah, I think it's also important to highlight that I can also alter my reality. So I can alter the way I dress, present myself or the way I'd engage with people. You know, I can alter it so that I can get them to perceive me in a certain way. And I mean, it sounds a, a whole lot of very, very manipulative, but I think that itself in itself is art. Now, meet the extraordinary artist, Lianka Himro. Lianka, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really good to have you for so many reasons. I've got a chance to explore your work and sort of watch you in action as a human being. And I have a lot of admiration for how you process things in life. But we're going to, before we jump into the conversation, we're going to kick off with going inside your brain. This feature is called Inside Your Brain and I have a few quick questions to ask you. Are you okay with that? I'm excited. Here we go. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Neither. <laughs> ah, okay. What would replace... Okay, but well, what would what replaces tea and coffee for you? A chocolate. Hot chocolate. Lovely. Yeah. Eat or sleep? Both? <laughs> nope, you can't choose both. Okay, sleep. I love sleeping. Jazz or hip-hop? Jazz. Beach or bush? Mm, I think beach. Awesome. 
I'm going to come back and ask a couple more questions a little bit later, but I am excited to get into this conversation with you. But firstly, I want to know if you meet someone in the club or meet someone out in public, and they say, what do you do? What do you say? I usually, because like I do many things, I usually come up with my list of what I do. Um, but I tend to stick to saying I'm an artist or I work in an art gallery because those are like the main things that I focus on in life. Okay. So give us some of the things that you would not say to a stranger. Take us behind the scenes. What are some of these other things that you do? And then I also work on some podcasts um, with my friend as well. We do some freelance work through that where we interview. uh, Currently, we're doing a project where we're interviewing um, poets throughout South Africa. Um, Some are in Cape Town and some are in Joburg. And it's really interesting to hear their perspective as a storyteller, as a poet, and how they use language to, you know, um, convey a certain message and open up people's uh, minds to understanding that. So, yeah, I really like telling people stories. And, yeah, it's pretty cool to be a part of this as well because it's a bit similar. I'm a model. I've been a model for about, I think, five years, um, but it's not really my full-time job. I really enjoy it. It's very fun to be on set and everything and to kind of have a different persona each time you get a new role or job. Um, so I really like that. And also getting to see new places in the, in the country and also globally, if that chance ever comes to me, but <laughs> it's very fun. What type of, what type of artist are you? I feel that I'm a transdisciplinary artist. Um, I studied a bachelor's degree in arts and, um, in the degree, we um, we learned how to use different mediums, so painting, drawing, uh, video work, photography, uh, sculpture. And I was really drawn always to sculpture and creating spaces and also telling stories in an abstract way through that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that process. And then also painting is something I've always had a link to um, since I was in school. And it was quite different then. And now it's... It's really changed, and um, I'm really excited to see how it evolves as well. For those who don't know anything about art, including people like me who don't know what <laughs> transdisciplinary art is, does that mean you you incorporate many different disciplines? Yes, yes. So okay. I sort of like interject into different discourse and then apply that into my art. It's, it's sort of like an overlapping like experience. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. So it would be like the science department working with the marketing department, the marketing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what art means to you. Okay. So what art means to me, I think about this often um, because I, I get very deep in my thoughts and sometimes randomly out the blue, I think this question, I just think, what is art? Firstly, like if you genuinely just, Think about it in an abstract way. What is art? Um, and that makes me think um, about like the history of art, you know, like Christian art, etc., religious art. I always think about that first and understanding that theory um, and what it meant in those um, time periods. Um, but to me, in this moment in time, I just feel like art is a way to express yourself and to connect to yourself and connecting with other people. And I see it as a way of education. So um, I think you can appreciate through that. But I firstly think arts is like education and it's also um, a way of teaching. 
um, just teaching life, the way of life. Um, and yeah, it's very open, open-ended. And I think everyone's invited as well. Yeah. So tell me what you think about the following thought. It's something I've been wrestling with a lot. Like some of the greatest poets have grappled with the fact that we present ourselves, we create ourselves. When you go to a funeral, you translate a version of yourself. When you are with your partner on Valentine's night, it's a very different version than the person at the funeral. You know, when you decide to walk through an art gallery, there's a certain erectness to your posture. You're presenting, you're translating, you're creating. It's an artistic version. We are, I believe, deep down inside, creating ourselves. And at best, I think our goal is to masterfully try to, especially to the people we that care about us and that we care about, we want to show an interesting, you know, lovely version of that, of ourselves to the world. How do you feel about that? Like when I say that, because I feel like the world rejects that. The re- somehow I think the world thinks we just show up. And people are in denial, I think, about the fact that we create various versions of ourselves. Mm based on what the moment calls for. How does that sit with you? Does it make you uncomfortable? What are your thoughts? Okay, so it's kind of a complex one, I think. Um, Because, like, for me specifically, uh, I can't speak for other people when I say this, but I I feel that I'm quite comfortable in most spaces. And uh, it took me a long time to get to that point. But also, when I think about that, um, I feel that, there were moments when I was younger, I was denied to be myself. And there was like this barrier that I had to kind of push through. And I, I always, I always felt comfortable in my skin and comfortable in different spaces. But it, it, I like what you're explaining, you sort of have to change yourself in different situations. And I don't necessarily like that naturally, just my personality. So um, I think that you learn these things um, just as life goes along. And I mean, it's just part of life, but it it does make me uncomfortable. I don't really enjoy having to um, portray versions of myself that I don't really want to portray um, or just to please a moment or to fit in. I I really don't like the idea of fitting in. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just like the idea of of authenticity. um, And if there's a way to achieve that um, to um, the best degree, then I try to do that. in my life okay. personally. Yeah. If, if that, okay. you feel that like fits into this. It's a philosophical question more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I think this is not a conversation that many people have had. So what yeah. the reason why I wanted you on this episode is because as an artist, my experience with you in your work and you as a human being is that the version, the, the you that you present to the world, like I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you think about the way you, style your hair, if you think about how you dress, if you think about how you do your eyebrows, if you think about how you engage, I do feel like you create that with a level of consciousness. I don't think it's random. I don't think it's random. And I don't think that 
I just don't think we have the words to articulate what you're doing. And that's why it's philosophical. You know, for me, it's like, what are the driving forces to make, to inspire you internally? Forget about the world for a moment. But since this is on Zoom, and for those who are listening on audio, people can't see how you look. Why did you put on that top? Why is your hair that way? You know, this episode is about how we translate ourselves to the world. So let's try to go there for a moment. Why did you? Why is your hair that way? Why is your top that way? Okay. I'm in a dress from poetry. <laughs> I really like poetry. Um, and it was from my uncle. So um, I don't know. I just always really liked this dress. And it's something he picked out um, for me specifically because it was sort of like a gift that he gave me in that moment. And I just really like it. It makes me feel free. It makes me feel like comfortable. Um, yeah. So that's why I picked this dress and my hair I mean at this point I'm very used to it but sometimes I like when I'm sitting on a bus going home or something I think it must be weird that my hair is red like that's just the color I've chosen um, and that's what I'm sticking with you know like I'm comfortable to have it this way but it must be pretty unique to most people you know it's not a common hair color and also like my hair is in twists so I do my hair myself and I'm twisting my hair myself, my hairstyle. Um, something that I decided during lockdown, actually, um, just a personal reason of wanting to connect to my identity, my culture, and also learning more about my hair, my, my actual hair type. So, um, yeah, this is like a protective style that most brown people will wear. And uh, I, I thought it would be a nice option for me, and I really like it. Um, so that, that's the reason so, for that. Okay. So, Lianka, you know, the listeners of my podcast are very insightful and intelligent. They'll be able to put the puzzle pieces together from what I'm saying. You've just said a lot. You've said I've a lot said about a lot. your culture. You've said a lot about your culture, your heritage, about the quality of this dress and the meaning behind your uncle. So you put, you've taken all of these pieces and yeah. you're artistically presenting yourself. And see, this is the point. My issue and what I want to grapple with is that we aren't taught this. So we just present ourselves. If somebody in the hip hop community decides to put a tattoo of a, of a tear because their friend or they shot somebody or they kill someone, they do it without thinking about the depth of the meaning. If somebody decides to put a wig on or somebody decides to go wearing a midriff, you should be able to do whatever you want to do. But just know there is an artistic element to this and it has implications. I want to go one step back because I want to tell, I want to know a little bit about your artistic mind. Like what has molded your brain? What are some of the influences that have inspired you to go about your process of the way you approach your art? Mm, I think for me, uh, I've just been, I always just think about when I was in school. Um, I don't know if I, I probably did tell you this, but when I was in school, I didn't really like seeing how education was being taught in this country. And I wanted to make a change um, through art in discussing this specific issue. Um, so I, I just get 
passionate about social work, basically, and uh, bringing across a different perspective of how we can perceive the world. And I feel art is that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what molds my artistic way of thinking. And um, also with my painting, I feel it's it's very different. My painting is actually quite specific. Um, it's different to the other work I make. My painting is actually more about my my feeling of life and my expression and my emotions and how I connect to nature. So that's specifically what my paintings are about. I think I, I also like that there's that like opposite or like individuality with that that uh, I don't have to make everything the same. You know, I don't have to make all of my artwork be about the same topic. I like that my paintings can actually be a release for me. You know, um, when I'm feeling like really upset or really depressive, I actually like really enjoy my painting process the most. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's something that, yeah. that I really connect to. As an artist, you get a chance to express your emo- emotions. You get a chance to express whatever you're feeling in a painting. What I hope people hear is that we're all artists and that every day you wake up, you get a chance to create through, you know, based on your emotions, based on your mood, how you look that day, how you feel that day, how you come across that day. We all have this artistic impulse. And I think I could be wrong, Bianca, but I think instead of expressing ourselves, we're holding things in and it's causing psychological trauma. And the world is experiencing a lot of depression. The world is experiencing a lot of sadness and a lot of grief because we're not expressing ourselves. We're not letting things out. Mm. And I, I hope people here through you as an artist, that's what you're doing. You get a chance to do this. You have a canvas. Yeah. And I think if we, can, if I can inspire people to see themselves as a canvas, you know, when I first came on this call before we start recording, I had on a black jacket. I wanted to change the mood and I did that deliberately. And I put on a lighter jacket because I wanted to translate a different artistic representation to the audience. And if, if you don't take away anything else from this episode, that was a choice. I had a paintbrush in my hand, in my metaphorical hand, right? <laughs> and I decided to, and I decided to share a different stroke. What are some of your hopes for how art can impact the world? Well, I think that like interactive art is very influential. Um, like here in Cape Town, I don't know how to describe it specifically, but I know that there's like this architectural arc that you see um, going into the company gardens. And that really influences people's, you know, experience being there and just also seeing it, like approaching it, you know. And to me, that's a form of art and it actually it can dictate someone's day, you know, it can dictate someone's lifestyle for a while because it's a part of society then it makes a cultural, cultural significance. So yeah, to me, I think art like that, interactive art is really important and it can actually change people's lives and the way they perceive, you know, their daily lives and also interacting with people. So that's how I feel about that type of art. Yeah. What mood have you been in over the last couple of, weeks take us into your headspace how are you feeling about your work how are you feeling about i know there was an art fair recently about the art you've been seeing where are you take us into your headspace a little bit oh it's a good question <laughs> so i've been working a lot recently 
And I feel that I've sort of, on an honest note, I've neglected my work for a while, um, but I'm tapping back into it again. And being at the art fair is always so inspiring to me, actually. I think anyone who has the opportunity or time should go because it's just such an experience you can't describe. And you're seeing different artists from different parts of the world. It depends which fair you're going to, but um, international ones are very multicultural and diverse and international. So I always just get inspired seeing different artists work and also there are lots of artists who are there present as well and galleries who are open to talk to you and have conversation and it's very very social so I I personally like that dynamic and yeah it's just inspiring also to see some of the talks that go on and um, the the connection is so direct and that just inspires you to you know be a part of it which is quite nice it's a nice networking experience actually yeah what would you say to anyone who says, you know, this art thing is just so bougie, so inaccessible. <laughs> People are stuck up their own behind. You know, what would you say to them? A young person who is interested in the space but doesn't have the money, doesn't have the luxury of, you know, how do they access the power of what art can do to their life? Yeah, I think it depends what your goal is, you know, um, because if you have a goal in mind, it will it will you know, probably almost definitely get you where you want to go. But if you sort of, well, this is just what I think. If you're just going to not have some strategy in mind or you don't really know um, exactly what the steps could be, you won't really fall in the right place, I think. But um, if you want to get into contemporary art or you're interested in contemporary art where galleries are quite important, um, they can dictate your reputation in some situations, um, and they can represent you as well for quite a long time, which is, it's very worthwhile. Um, and there, there are like high chances you can actually be a successful artist, but it's most of the time you have to work really hard and you have to be very consistent. That's actually how you get that success. All right. So we're going to go back into this game, going back inside of your head. I have a few more questions. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Meat or veggies? Veggies. wine or whiskey wine yeah walking or running (laughs) depends where but i'll say walking (laughs) okay pen or paper pen or paper pen you can't do anything with paper alone (laughs) really (laughs) you can make origami or something (laughs) and then my last one paint or canvas? I think, I think paints. Lianca Himro, thank you for joining us on the Brain and Brand Show. Thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it so much. You can follow Lianca's work on Instagram and get the links to her podcast and her writing at Lianca Himro, L-I-A-N-C-A-H-E-E-M-R-O. Now, I know you've been waiting for the strategies for how you can present yourself artistically. So here we go. The first artistic strategy is called bend and then break the rule. This is my favorite, by the way. I've used it so much in my life. Bending the rule is taking an existing rule, such as wearing a suit in a bank or whatever the traditional attire is in your industry, and then bend it by adding a little flair, and once you are comfortable, 
with adding that little flair, you can totally break it by creating your signature consistently. But, and I stress, but you have to know and understand the rule. For example, here's how I bend and break. I wear sneakers with a traditional power suit, but I understand the purpose and rule of a suit to create structure and translate trust and discipline. So if I'm going to bend the rule, I have to understand and add a sneaker that also communicates discipline and trust. So I don't just add any sneaker. I'll add a sneaker in a color or silhouette that communicates the same message, and then I'll break the rule by adding this look consistently and incorporating it into my personal signature and style. I can't stress enough that where most people go wrong is they, they simply don't understand the purpose for the style that they want to break. So they end up presenting themselves in a way that lands very awkwardly. And their stakeholders end up resisting them without understanding why. You see, what happens is our minds has these rules stored in our brains. And because these rules are stored in formulas, and if you follow the show, you understand, I speak a lot about how our brain has consistent formulas and patterns that governs how we see the world. And so these rules are stored in our minds in formulas and patterns. A suit, a traditional shoe equals professional. And so if you're going to break the rule, you've got to just bend it just enough so people go, oh, that's interesting. That's an artistic flair. That's different. You've captured my mind by bending and breaking the rule. If you want to use these principles of art to position yourself, study the art in your career. And by art, I mean the way people style themselves, the language they use, the mannerisms, the cultural norms. You can stand out by tweaking, bending, and ultimately breaking them as you become more comfortable. But if you don't understand the rules and you start to break and bend in a direction that goes outside, too far outside of what's happening in your cultural environment or where you work, you're just going to be seen as a little bit strange and a little bit awkward, and it's going to end up restricting or reducing how people value your work. The second artistic personal strategy is to see yourself as a canvas and a paintbrush. This is the law of reciprocity in action. Hear me carefully. People like to see themselves and others so they can feel safe. You'll see this when two people are in a meeting. If one person is crossing their legs or put their hand on their face, the other person will follow and do the same to try to find themselves in the other person or in the mirror of the other person or what brain scientists and neuroscientists call the mirror neurons. Seeing yourself as both a canvas and a paintbrush requires you believing that you and the people you are engaging can share each other's art. Let's say, for example, you speak a language other than English and you're in a meeting and the meeting is exploring innovative ideas for a project. You can share a word in your language and teach the meaning and inspire everyone to want to incorporate the word onto their canvas of beliefs. Or, or let's say, for example, there's something about how you grew up that others can add onto their canvas to enrich them. And the opposite is also true. Be open to how you can evolve your personal canvas by allowing the right people to paint onto you. I've learned terms and philosophies in Japan, Eastern Europe, all across Africa, 
all of which have helped me elevate my style, my mindset, and create a richer personal canvas. In fact, I actively seek out how I can grow artistically by connecting with others who are different artistically, such as my guest today, Lianka Himro. She's taught me so much. Thanks, Lianka. Recently in Dubai, I wore a shirt that was inspired by both a Western silhouette as well as a Japanese silhouette. It had a Western traditional collar like you'd find on a suit where you'd wear a tie, but it wrapped around me. And by presenting myself artistically like this, at least six people came up to me and asked me where I got it. They were drawn to the structure, but also a little bit of flair. And I kept it really simple in the rest of the areas because I knew that this one artistic piece would stand out. Try not to go too far at first. Bend slowly and watch what happens. I hope this episode has been helpful. Remember, you can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram by searching my name, or you can email me directly, podcast at timothymaurice.com. Make sure you follow Lianca as well, and thanks for everyone who contributed with your voice notes. Until next time.